And I was just thinking about that, the, the word the lamb, as in the lamb was glorified. It's, I think of a lamb as a very defenseless creature. And when Jesus, and of course they sacrificed lambs in ancient Israel uh, because of sin, and uh, Jesus became the sin for us, and he was made defenseless. He didn't have to be, but he was, and allowed them to crucify him on the cross. So praise God for that. Anyway, it's great to be here. Hope you guys are doing well. I spent, thank you, spent the last 13 days in Washington. You know what that means? It means I lost every bit of tan I had before I left. It rained, uh, well, it was sunny too out of the 13 days. But tans are like experiences. Uh, they come and go quickly. And as experiences come, they go quickly into, they fade into the past. And the thoughts and the memories that go with those experiences, they fade into the recesses of our minds. And I think there are three things that God wants to remind us of today, three very important things. So would you turn with me to Mark chapter 8? We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. And I might interject some thoughts as we read through the verses. Are you ready? Turn to somebody and say, I'm ready. ready. All right. In those days, that is, the days when Jesus was in this area called the Decapolis. If you recall, he was in the area of the Sea of Galilee, and he goes up to Tyre, which is modern-day Lebanon, and, and then he, he delivers a non-Jewish woman's daughter from demon possession. Then he goes up to Sidon, about 22 miles north, and then he makes his way back down to the Sea of Galilee and then east into the area called the Decapolis, which means 10 cities. And it was summertime. It wasn't springtime, like when he fed the 5,000. It was summertime. And it says, in those days when there was again a large crowd gathered before him, and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy satisfy these people? And he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks In other words, he blessed it. And he broke them and he gave them to his disciples to serve to the people. And they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish. And after he had blessed them, he ordered those to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied. And they, the disciples, they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. About 4,000 men were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came back to the district of Dalmanutha. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this passage. 
And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring out from this what it is you want me to communicate. In Jesus, your name, amen. So there was this Arab, and he was crossing the desert. And he ran out of water, and he got really thirsty. And he sees off into the distance something, and he decides over the sandhills, he sees, hey, so he, he decides to go in that direction. And he comes upon this old man sitting at a table. And on this table was spread out some ties, nice ties, not polyester, but pure satin, you know. And, and he comes to the man and he says, the Arab says, do you have any water? I'm very thirsty. No, I'm sorry. I, I just finished my bottle of smart water. I, I don't have any left. But you can have one of these tie, ties. Ties? I don't want your stinking tie. I need some water. And with that, the old man says, well, there, there is a restaurant. If you go that direction, there is this restaurant that sits on this well that goes into this aquifer with the best freshest, cleanest, just the coolest water you can imagine. And with that, the Arab takes off. But wait, I want to give you this. I don't need your thinking, Ty, I said. And the Arab keeps going, disappears over the sandhills. And two hours later, he comes crawling back. And the old man says, did, did you find the restaurant? Yes, I did. It was a very nice restaurant, but I didn't know you needed a tie to get in. I'll take the blue one. Sometimes what we think is our most important need is not. Jesus is feeding these people for three days, but he's not feeding them food. What does he feed? He's feeding them they're not physical food. He's feeding them spiritual food. And then he feeds them physical food. My first point is first the spiritual, then the physical. Remember, first the spiritual and then the physical. I love what Isaiah says. And we, 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 we read these words in Isaiah chapter 55. Come, Buy food without cost. Why do you spend money on what is not food and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all your needs will be provided. Not all your wants. He didn't feed them barbecued pulled pork sandwiches in the wilderness, but all your needs. And in fact, he will give you more than you need. He'll give you more than enough. The Bible says that after Jesus had fed them, they, they picked up seven large basketful of leftovers. When he fed the 5,000, the Greek word was small basket. These are 
large baskets that can hold 100 to 200 pounds, the kind of basket that the apostle Paul was let down in over the wall of Damascus when they were trying to kill him for being converted to Christianity. And we know from the further reading in this past this passage is the disciples didn't remember to bring any leftovers in the boat. So where did those go? They went back with the people. God gives us more than, he gives them goodie bags to go home with. He has so much compassion on them because he knew they wouldn't make it back home. Their bodies would run out of glycogen. They would faint and not make it. But he gives them their needs and he even gives them more than enough. First the spiritual, then the physical. On Friday, when we're up in my Washington at my parents' house. My, uh, we were supposed to have been left the house and gone on an adventure with the family. But for some reason, things got delayed. And then I find my father, well, I didn't find him, my wife, and my wife found him lying on the stairs. And my wife calls downstairs to me, Kevin, something's wrong with your dad. Get up here. And I come up and... My dad had a heart attack. And he got to the hospital just in time and and they put a stent in and he's fine. He's good to go. But what a reminder of how the physical is so temporal. The spiritual is eternal, but the physical temporal. And as we're flying into LAX last night, I heard those familiar words from the pilot. He says, flight attendants, please prepare for, no, good try, sorry, try it again. Please prepare for arrival. And I thought to myself, are we, are you prepared for arrival? I mean, when you're, we're all gonna die. And when your body wears out, are you prepared to arrive before the feet of Jesus Christ in whatever spiritual dimension that is in heaven? Are you prepared to be before Jesus? What is he going to say to you? Is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, I'm sorry, depart from me. I never knew you. Not that he doesn't know you better than you know yourself, but knew you as in I never had a relationship with you. Are you prepared for arrival? First the spiritual, then the physical. And I can imagine as if if Jesus did the same thing he did feeding the 5,000, he puts the people in groups of 50. And if there was, let's say, One woman and one child for every two men. That's 8,000 people. That would be 160 groups of 50 people that Jesus had the disciples uh, get the people into, which means 13 groups to feed per disciple. That would have taken a long time. Each disciple going to Jesus, getting some bread and fish, bringing it to their group, enough to feed that group entirely, then going on to the next group. I mean, and the guys in the back must have been thinking, 
I sure hope they don't run out. You know, just like when you were at that wedding reception and, and the MC or DJ starts dismissing tables to the buffet line and they dismiss the one way over there on the other side of the dance floor and you're like, dang, how come we didn't get to go? But you still ate and were satisfied, right? So when you see God blessing other people around you, don't get discouraged. Don't think God has forgotten you because he hasn't. You will eat and get satisfied. And I, I, I and, and oh, let me share this too. Is one of the things that we pastors get to, to see when we're, when we're studying out passages is things like this where, where when Jesus, the Bible, my, my, and I, my New International Version says he gave the disciples the bread and they took it to the people. That word gave in the Greek is an imperfect indicative. It means it's past tense, but it means it was an ongoing action. He kept giving the bread to the disciples and the disciples kept taking it to the people, meaning that Jesus was the source of the multiplication. Jesus is the source of all of our needs. We just gotta keep going back to Jesus and keep going back to Jesus. He is the source. Seek first the kingdom of God and all that you need will be given to you. Second, remember what God has done. When I was up in Lake Nascimento speaking at a, a youth camp recently, it was the end of last week of June, and it was a Thursday, nine o'clock in the morning, I called Tammy just to check up on her. I said, sweetheart, how you doing? I'm doing good. We had a short conversation I hung up, like two hours later, she calls me back. I'm like, wait, it's just been, I knew something wasn't right. I answer the phone. She said, hi. I said, hi. She said, happy anniversary. I had completely forgot it was our anniversary. Like I knew going up there, it was gonna be our anniversary on Thursday, but when I'm having a conversation, I completely forgot. But the good news is, is she forgot too. <laughs> and all the men said, amen. amen. <laughs> Jesus calls his disciples. He says, guys, come into the situation room. And, 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 they, and he gathers them together and he goes, guys, uh, here's the deal. There's all these people, and I've been feeding them. Did I just turn that off? I've been feeding them spiritually for three days, but I know that if they leave to go home right now, their bodies are gonna faint on the way home. Any suggestions? Not one disciple said, I know Jesus, let's just do what you did before. Let's go find out how much bread we have. If we have, maybe we have some fish, maybe a boy has a lunch that we, and, and we'll bring it to you and you do the miracle and you multiply it and we'll feed them just like when we fed the fire. Not one disciple said that. How quickly we forget what God has done. How quickly we forget what he's done for those around us or those that we love. 
how quickly we forget how powerful he is because we forget what the scriptures say. I love the fact that in the last several years, I've gone through some real financial hardships. In fact, we're in one right now. But, I, but I'm so glad to go through those because now my faith level has gone up and my stress level has gone down because I have watched and experienced how God has provided all my needs, no matter what it was I was going through, no matter how unbelievably difficult of an outcome it would be for him to supply my needs. And yet he's done it every single time. And I try, and, the, and the, as I abide in him daily, I'm always reminded of his faithfulness. And one of the ways that I abide in Christ, one of the ways that I remain with him like the 4,000 did for the three days, I just, every day I, I open up my Bible app on my phone and I, the Holy Bible app, and I, I just, I read it. If I'm going to travel somewhere, I, amen. I, if I'm going to travel somewhere, I, I, I just maybe put my phone on speaker, put it on my dash, and while I'm driving, I listen or I plug it into my stereo and I feed myself first the spiritual. And I remember, oh God, you're so faithful. Oh God, yeah, that's right. You did that for them and you did. Feed yourself. Feed yourself. Don't, fall into the trap of complacency because complacency is tomorrow's captivity. If you're complacent in your faith, you will drift and you will forget all the wonderful things that God can do in your life right now. Third and last, remember that God is love. I cannot say Pastor Kevin is love. I can't say Pastor Gary is love. I can say sometimes Pastor Kevin and Pastor Gary, uh, sometimes we do loving things. The Bible says God is love. We are not, we're intrinsically self-centered. For me to bring you an encouragement from the word of God, for example, for me to bring you holy words of God, I have to go to him who is holy. God, what do you want to present to? I can't, you know, we're just such fallen people. God is love. I, uh, hang on. Thank you. There was, in the late 80s, in a kinesiology class of mine, there was a, a girl named Christy Crandall, four feet 11. She had cerebral palsy. Her mind couldn't control her neurological functions from her waist down. So she walked on crutches. He, she called Barney and Fred, and she'd walk like this, and she'd drag her feet. And one day, it was spring break, and she was... There was nobody on campus. It was just like a ghost town. And she was walking from the PE building down this concrete corridor. There was this young Christian man who was walking from his apartment in, her, in the direction towards her on his way to the bookstore. 
And as he gets about 200 yards from her, he looks up and he sees her. And the moment his eyes saw her, an audible voice said, tell her Jesus Christ loves her. Freaked him out because he had never heard an audible voice speaking to her, uh, to him. I know that story is true because I was the guy and at the time I didn't know Christy. Her mom and dad had recently divorced. Her dad was an alcoholic. Her stepmother was abusing her, but she had just become a Christian. And of all the things that Jesus through the Holy Spirit or through the invisible angel walking alongside me could have instructed him or the Holy Spirit to say to me, to say to her, of all the things Jesus could have wanted to say to her, it wasn't, hey, tell her it's gonna be okay. Tell her, hey, you can do it. No, it was tell her I love her. Do you have sermon notes with you? Papers that you can write on? No? Okay. Imagine this. Imagine you're getting a text message right now. And you push on that text message and a rectangular bubble pulls up. Imagine there's stars all around it. And there's explanation marks all around those. And then there's happy faces all around those. This is God's text message to you. Inside that bubble, it says, I love you. I know I can say that's God's text message to you because it's a message from the text of his word. I love you. God is been preparing a place for you since the creation of the world. Christian, God has loved you since the creation of the world. They say love gets louder over time. Since the creation of the world, God has been loving you. And he's been preparing a place just for you. Something so amazing, something so incredible, but just for you, not because you deserve it, but because he loves you. Not because you first loved him, but because he first loved you. I love you, he says. Some of you needed to hear that this morning. And if God's, if God is love, then the extent to which you experience love is the extent to which you experience God. First the spiritual, then the physical. Remember what God has done. Remember that God is love. Are your mountains high or your valleys low? Journey to Jesus like the 4,000 did and remain with him. Spend time with him. God loves you too much for you to waste that kind of love. So go to him and 
take home some leftovers. Let's pray. Maybe there's somebody here and you have, you know who Jesus is, son of God. He was born at Christmas time and, and then sacrificed himself on the cross. And maybe you're hearing really for, maybe you're just being reminded how much God loves you, but you've never taken that step to surrender your life to him, to begin a relationship with him. So he can say, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. If that's you and you would like to surrender your life to Jesus, I'd just like you to raise your hand and I wanna lead you in a prayer. We'll all pray together, but if you just wanna do that for the first time, just encourage you to raise your hand. Most everybody in here has done that. Your heart may be beating, but God, the Holy Spirit is just, he's wooing you saying, come to me. Is that you with heads bowed and eyes closed? Just raise your hand right now. Okay, good. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for all that you've given us, that you supply our needs even above and beyond our needs. Jesus, I love you. Thank you. Amen.